I'm Paul Levinson, and welcome to Light On, Light Through, episode 146, reviewing amazing stories on Apple TV 2020. Well, I finally had a chance to take a bite out of Apple TV's reboot of Amazing Stories. You know, it gets so quiet sometimes around here when I do a podcast, you can sometimes hear a pun drop. But I thought I'd tell you what I thought of this rebooted series. I've watched all five episodes in this short season. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about each of them. First, I guess I should mention I haven't read any of the reviews anywhere. I really have no idea if people loved or hated the series or this episode or just felt blah about it. And the same about the other four episodes in this inaugural season. But as readers of this blog will know, I'm often at odds with myopic, dyspeptic critics. And if that's the case for this first episode, well, that's right. I really enjoyed it. The title of the episode, by the way, Amazing Stories 2021 is The Seller. But I think of it as The Tops. Now, in part, that's because I'm a sucker for most time travel stories, being an author of those myself and a fan long before I started writing stories and getting them published, and novels, too, about time travel. But there's a difference between liking and loving, obviously, And in order for me to really thoroughly enjoy a time travel story, it has to be done right. Meaning, it has to take some account of the inherent paradoxes in time travel and make some attempt to deal with them. So let's begin with the general observation that there are two types of travel to the past stories. One in which the protagonist tries to do something to improve the course of history, like killing Hitler before he got to power, or saving Socrates from the hemlock. That's a course I chose to follow in one of my best-known novels, The Plot to Save Socrates. The other is you do something in the past to improve your subsequent personal life as in the movie Peggy Sue Got Married, or I had a song actually in the magazine Amazing Stories called Slipping Time a couple of years ago. The seller on Amazing Stories on Apple TV is the second kind of time travel story. Let me also mention here that I've actually had three stories published in the current rebooting of Amazing Stories, the magazine, with publisher Steve Davidson and editor Ira Naiman. And back in 1993, my first professionally published science fiction story, Albert's Cradle, was in Amazing Stories. That made me very happy because Amazing Stories is the oldest science fiction magazine still being published. It went out of print a couple of times. But again, under 
Steve Davidson and Ira Naiman. It's back in business and booming. But to get back to the seller, in order for such a time travel story to work, you have to have appealing, sensitive characters. And if it's on the screen, played by actors who project that. Dylan O'Brien does a good job of that as Sam, who renovates houses with his brother and travels instantly 100 years into the past, 2019 to 1919. When a fierce storm causes some extreme drop in pressure when Sam's in the cellar. I think that frequency had some kind of storm as the time travel or time communication back-in-time trigger. That's fine with me. Victoria Pedretti, who played a completely different kind of character in You, that's a series, I think it's on Netflix, I reviewed that on my infiniteregress.tv blog. Anyway, Victoria Pedretti plays Evelyn in The Cellar and does a great job of playing a young woman in 1919, and that's not easy. The dress, the music, and other aspects of 1919 life in Iowa was spot on, at least as far as I know, and that made for a crisp, colorful, believable narrative. I won't say anything more about the plot, except the obvious that, of course, the course of true love never did run smooth. And that's especially true when it comes to time travel. But the twists and turns are not predictable in the cellar, and the ending even tucks in an alternate reality, which is always nice to see in a time travel tale. So, I'm definitely going to watch the next four episodes of this series, and I certainly did, and... I said I'm going to watch the other four episodes of the series back when I first wrote the review of The Cellar, which I just told you about. Anyway, here's my review of Amazing Stories 2021.2, entitled The Heat. I think of this episode as Life After Life. Now, life after death stories, the departed coming back to help, haunt, or otherwise interact with the living, are a dime a dozen. An Amazing Stories 2020 second episode, The Heat manages to visit this well-trodden path with a story that is at least somewhat original, even if that originality relies upon yet another very well-worn gambit in science fiction. Tuca and Sterling are track athletes and best friends until a typical teenager argument leads to Tuca getting killed in a hit-and-run right before Sterling's horrified eyes. Most of the rest of the episode tells the story of Tuca's ghost connecting with Sterling and helping her run and compete again, and maybe win a crucial track meet race. Except... Sterling doesn't win that race, and here's where the heat veers into both originality but some kind of ultimate cliché. The originality is in Sterling's not winning, which would be the expected result in what had come before. But what happens after that, when the ghostly Tuca tries to comfort and inspire Sterling, 
is, well, it turns out, at least I think that's what happened, that Tuca wasn't really killed in the hit and run. She's just temporarily stunned and comes back to full consciousness and life after she asks Sterling to kiss her tenderly on the lips, a.k.a. romantically. Now, I thought the kiss was excellent because it showed the two young women had a deeper connection than just friends, and it harkened back to the fairy tale ending of kissing the deceased back to life. But that ending also means that everything we saw earlier in the episode was what? Going on in Tuka's mind while she was unconscious on the street? That kind of ending that what transpired was a protagonist's dream, well, it's even more cliched than the dead coming back as ghosts. So, all in all, a mixed bag of an episode as far as originality. But the Heat did have heart. As it turns out, a never-unbeating heart. And Haley Kilgore and Emery Crutchfield put in good performances as Tuca and Sterling, so I'd recommend it. Amazing Stories 2020, 1.3, Man and the Vault. That was the name of the story. I think of it as Sweet Superpowers. Now, I realized as I was watching this third episode of the Amazing Stories reboot on Apple TV that there's a real sweetness running through the first three episodes at this point that I'd seen making this incarnation of Amazing Stories a lot different than The Twilight Zone or Outer Limits. It is consistent with Spielberg's masterpiece Close Encounters and the literally wide-eyed sense of wonder it so abundantly projects. And this third episode has something else, something very special with a capital S in the stars. It's Robert Forster's very last performance on screen, made before his untimely death at age 78 in October 2019. Now, I've loved Forster's work ever since his great appearance in Medium Cool in 1969, the cinema verite story of the 1968 Democratic Convention in Chicago. And he made a memorable contribution to the TV series Heroes. And I mention Heroes especially because it has the same general theme as Dino Man. The main difference being that the heroes and heroes had natural superpowers, in contrast to Grandpa Joe Harris in Dino Man and the Vault, played by Robert Foster, who acquires his superpowers from a special ring delivered to him just when he most needed that ring. And it results not only in a big adventure, but the psychological reunification of Grandpa Joe with his grandson and his son, who also get superpowers from that ring. In the end, we get a heartwarming story, which is more about real family than comic book heroes, and that was a good thing to see. Thank you, Robert Foster, for bringing the world so many good hours of your great performances. I'm sad that you left us, 
but happy that you went out on such a profound and nurturing note. Well, continuing with the reviews of the remaining two amazing stories, 1.4 was called Signs of Life. I think of it as Happy Revival. That is Happy Revivals with an S, although I guess you could also say Happy Revival without the S. It was on Apple TV. It was about a woman revived from a thought-to-be irreversible coma. So, just like amazing stories on television, she comes back to active life, albeit not the same life she had before she was put in a hospital out of the day-to-day world. Pretty good analogy, huh? But I did think this was the most interesting, complex, and original of the four stories I'd seen so far even though I did guess what was going on pretty early on in the episode. But it was fun seeing it played out. Lost Josh Holloway is always good to see on the screen. Last time was in Colony, unfortunately canceled after just three seasons. And significantly, there's a connection between Colony and Signs of Life. That would be extraterrestrials. But I'm not going to say anything more about the plot. Back to the acting, Holloway always manages to deliver a combination of toughness, hipness, and underlying warmth. And it's not a common or easy combination to portray. But the deeper warmth in this episode of Amazing Stories resides in the mother who came out of the coma and the relationship she has with her daughter. Now, I mentioned uh, in my review of the third episode that every one of these stories so far had a happy ending, and the fourth episode is no exception. And I've got to say that I'm happy about that. Science fiction and its weird tales cousin are usually pretty short on happy endings. Let's face it, we could use a lot more of them in our real world and in our fiction. As I mentioned before, the first season of The New Amazing Stories is just five episodes, making it more like a half season than a full season. That's certainly not a happy ending. I do hope there's a second season down the road or a second half. But let's now get to my review of the fifth episode of Amazing Stories 2020, entitled The Rift, which I think of as time travel and a candy bar. Well, I thought Amazing Story saved the best for last in its short five-episode season on Apple Plus TV this past spring, and that last episode made a fine bookend with the first episode because both were about time travel. This time, the time travel involves a World War II pilot shot down and meant to die in Burma in December 1941, but thrown in his aircraft through the rift instead and winding up in his hometown in Ohio in early 2020, a little before the COVID pandemic, by the way. And 
I'll add a second parenthetical note here. As may be obvious, I just can't get too much time travel. Anyway, as in many time travel stories, this going through a rift has a purpose. The pilot never said goodbye to his wife when he left her in 1941 to go off to war. But in a nice additional touch for this kind of story, the pilot's travel through time has a second purpose. The second story is also a kind of love story with a happy ending in its own right. Actually, even happier than the ending of the primary story in which the pilot, after giving closure to his wife, has to go back to 1941 to die. But the people who helped the pilot, a boy and his stepmother, and by the way, nice job acting by Duncan Joyner as the boy and Carrie Bechet as his mother, on her way to delivering the boy to his aunt in Indiana, so she, the stepmother can leave the painful memory of her late husband behind and start a new life in California, well, these two, the boy and his stepmother, also see their lives change for the better when the pilot convinces the stepmom to take the boy with her out west. But here's what I really like most about this fine episode. The pilot gives the kid a whiz candy bar. That's right. It really existed in our reality, by the way. I don't think I ever had one. I was a kid in the mid to late 1950s. I, I remember Babe Ruth candy bars, but I don't quite remember whiz. Maybe it was there. Who knows? Anyway, later on in this episode, we find out that in order for the rift not to rip up the current world. Anyone who went through it has to return to the past exactly as he or she left it on their trip to the future. So the boy needs to give the candy bar, the whiz candy bar, back to the pilot. But the boy has eaten the candy bar. The kid got hungry. What are you going to do? But the pilot realizes that as long as the purposes of this time travel trip are served, and that would be the pilot saying goodbye to his wife, the stepmother taking the boy with her to California, if those purposes are accomplished, the rift's needs will be served. So it doesn't matter if the pilot travels back in time with no candy bar. You know, you can always tell a good narrative by how well it handles the details. I thought the riff handled them just perfectly and gave us a happy ending in a time travel story. Now, it did get me in the mood for a chocolate bar, but I'm going to resist that, which is okay, because I'm even more in the mood for more amazing stories. Which, just like that whiz candy bar, began its life in our reality a long, long time ago. Boy, this sounds like Don McLean's a long, long time ago. Anyway. The Light on Light Through Podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Light on Light Through Podcast. I think this makes my third episode in a row in which I've reviewed some science fiction on television. I was getting uh, a little worn out. 
I think understandably with all of those political themed podcasts. I'll be back here soon with another podcast, another episode of Light On, Light Through. Might be a science fiction review, might be more politics, might be something completely different. In the meantime, enjoy. Athens, 2042 AD. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left again into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Sierra Waters had read once that, years ago, it was thought that men made love for the thrill, while women made love for the sense of connection it gave them. Curled up with a good book says, Sierra Waters is sexy as hell. You can find out more about The Plot to Save Socrates by Paul Levinson at theplottosavesocrates.com. Paul Levinson still code about an ancient biotech war raging on in secret for 